Hello, everybody. Oop, he's a sneaky one. Gotta watch out for him when you're walking in the grass. I think he said this is salty. And he wants to welcome you to the show, the big show. The biggest, most popular podcast ever produced in our car. Since he's salty and I'm spice. And we're here for the 3BY podcast. On snakes. And how not to get bit by them. Okay, I think you can switch to English now. Oh, I was speaking snake. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, snakes. Snakes are cool. But they can occasionally bite you. It can happen. We were... Uh, uh, we thought about doing this podcast because she saw a snake today, which is... Yeah, I was out great. kayaking at, at the lake. Absolutely nothing unusual about and, it. And uh, I kayaked under a few overhanging willow trees because they like to hang over the water and I like to go through the shade and see what cool critters are there under underneath them. Sometimes you'll see even deer and stuff like that underneath trees. Like down by the, yeah, they some, sleep down there. Yeah. And as I went by, I saw curled around one of the branches just above head height, a water snake hanging over the water, curled up in the tree. Now, we're in Missouri. We're in North Missouri. So, you know, one of the water snakes in this area is actually poisonous. Not this particular one, but one of them is. But most of them are entirely harmless to people. Yeah. In fact, as a, as a scuba diver, I've had a, a really beautiful uh, northern water snake swim right between my wickets, right between the, the gams. And had the video camera going at the time, too. It was really cool. Yeah. So we've got a really nice video shot of the snake kind of half swimming, half crawling on the bottom toward him, going right underneath him. And then as he follows it through with the camera, you can see his fins in the background back there. And, you know, the people in my social media account went bonkers. Ah! For it's some reason, a lot of people hate snakes. I don't get it. Snakes I get it. are cool. It's, instinct it's instinctive. If you take a baby monkey that's been raised in captivity its whole life, and you toss a piece of hose on the bottom of the pen, baby monkey freaks out. Thinks it's a snake. If you take that same baby monkey and you let it uh, play around with the thing, figure out what it is, because it gets over it. It stops doing that. If you throw in some other shape, like a ball or a box, baby monkey doesn't freak out. It's got to be the same basic size and shape of a snake to make it freak. So it's instinctive. I'm thinking that the instinct is geared more toward places like Australia and Southeast Asia, where snakes actually kill a considerable number of people year to year. Not so much North America, where they don't. We don't have that many poisonous snakes, and the most venomous one we've got in North America is not mean. It won't bite you just out of spite. Yeah, very few snakes will bite you out of spite. There are a few that will, actually. Rattlesnakes might Rattlesnakes bite you out of spite. Rattlesnakes might, some of them. Yeah, some of some them. Some of them will. get a little mean. But the coral snake, which is the really deadly one, first, it's not that much, you know, it doesn't cover that much of America. It's got a very limited range. Florida area, basically. and But it is quite deadly. 
But other than that, the copperheads and the cottonmouths, they are poisonous. They're pit vipers. Rattlers. Rattlers. And they'll make you considerably un- unhappy if you get an envenomed bite. They can kill you. They can. Seldom do, but can. But they're not really designed to be bringing down animals our size. That's not really what they're here to do. They're generally trying to kill smaller things. Yeah. Stuff that they can, like, eat, for example. So, uh, pit vipers. Why do they call them pit vipers? Because they always live in a pit? Because they have little pits between the corner of their eyes. As much as something with a round eye can be said to have a corner. And their nostrils. They've got heat-sensitive organs recessed into little pits and they also have rather triangular shaped heads so their jaws are broader than their neck so diamond shaped heads more triangle shaped heads more or less if you can see the pit guys you're too close (laughs) yeah now now here's the thing too i don't know how many people have said oh i saw a rattlesnake over there well did you see the rattle no but there's a lot of mimicry out there in wildlife too, because everybody or the the uh, everybody knows that a rattlesnake is is a scary snake, right? Yep. Well, everybody who has any sense does. And there's mimicry in the wild in the wild world. Uh, the coral snake has a very close mimic. It just isn't the banding isn't identical, but it's the same colors. They just the bands aren't in the same order. Red touch black, good for Jack. Red touch yellow, kill a fellow. So, so if the red and yellow bands are right next to each other, it's a coral snake and it's venomous. And if it, they're red and black ones are touching each other and the yellow's on the other side, then it's a non-venomous milk snake. So, bottom line, don't mess with them. Don't walk through rattlesnakey areas in shorts. That's just a bad idea. The biggest problem people have is panic. I was recalling when I saw that guy up in the tree, my first thought, I flashed back to when I was a kid, maybe, I don't know, eight, eight, nine years old. And we were camping at a state park alongside a river. And we were there roasting our marshmallows or whatever at, uh, you know, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. It was full dark. And a canoe comes down the river with a single guy in the front of it, which is unusual because if you're alone in a canoe, you're generally in the back because that's where you get the best steering. And he pulls up when he sees our campfire and says, hey, can I borrow a flashlight? I, I kind of have a problem here. I was with my partner, and we went under a limb, and a snake fell in the boat, and my partner jumped out. And I don't know where my partner is, but that snake is still in here somewhere. And he ended up having a two-and-a-half-foot-long water snake, rather terrified, hiding under the seat, one of the seats of his canoes, of his canoe. And heaven only knows where his partner was, who jumped out into a river in the middle of the night. Why they? Oh, no lights. I don't know. Because a snake dropped in the boat. I got to tell you a story. A local farm and home store. Now these are guys who are, you know, big, tough, strong men. You know, they tell salty stories and throw around big weight. You know, men's men, right? Well, several. It's been many years ago, but. A little garter snake, couple foot long garter snake, came in the back door while it was open. To, they have a you know a back door with to garage style, so you could fit a forklift in there. 
And it slithered in and then went into the store somewhere. And they came running out of the back room like a bunch of two-year-old girls screaming. And I'm not trying to do two-year-old girls. I mean, the the, the pitch of their voices was that of two-year-old <laughs> girls. Ah, it's a snake. It's a snake. Somebody will get my shotgun. And I'm like, what? What kind of snake? I don't know. It's a snake. So I go back in there, and I look around and look under things. And there's this little bitty tiny garter snake. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So I grabbed a broom, and I shoot it out the door. You really don't actually want a snake hanging out in the farm and home store because sure. you know the snakes. They need to be outside, not inside. But they do a great job. They, they're environmentally very important, and they do a great job to keep the environment exactly balanced. And you want them around your food storage. You uh, want them outside ar- around your garden. Outside, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you definitely want them around your barns. Because they're such big eaters of rodents. And baby rabbits. Oh, they pop baby rabbits like popcorn, bless their scaly little hearts. Yeah, I always like to see snakes outside. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually seen so, a snake inside. But I actually did a post last summer, did a bunch of research on how one should actually treat a snake bite. And I've got a post. We'll link that post in the show notes so you can find it. Uh, but this one's about how not to get into trouble with snakes in the first place. Because here's the first big secret. They, most of them, do not want to bite you. You're too big to eat. It can be hard for them to get their teeth out of things once they bite things. Uh, You're a waste of venom if they're a venomous snake, which most of them aren't. They really don't want to bite you. If they bite you, it's self-defense. A few of them interpret self-defense a little more broadly than others, but that's the reason they bite, self-defense. Absolutely the most common reason people get bitten by snakes is they step on them. And who can blame the little sucker for that? Second most likely is they're climbing and they're not watching where they put their hands. And they reach up onto or too close to a a snake that's hanging out on the rock, sunning to warm itself up. And then they get nailed. So watch where you put your feet and hands. If they're water snakes be it water moxin or common harmless water snakes. Those guys do hang out in trees over the water, and they do drop into into and onto things from time to time, as the canoe story shows you. But North America doesn't really have any tree snakes that are venomous or in any way dangerous that do that from trees on dry land as a, as a natural part of their lifestyle. So it's not like you're going to be walking through a temperate forest or a conifer forest in North America and and have drop snakes. If you're in Brazil, watch out for the pythons, okay? But North America, yeah, not so much. Don't step on them. Don't grab them. If you see one, give it time to leave, and it usually will. Do not run over there and try and kill it, because that's the third most common way people get bitten. I remember on a different camping trip, there was a a copperhead, which is venomous. And it was in a campground, and it was about three feet long. So my eldest brother killed it, because he didn't want a copperhead running around where a bunch of kids are running around in the campground. Fair enough. 
We usually leave snakes, snakes alone, but that was not a good place for it. He uh, killed this copperhead. And then he grabbed it by the neck, and he paraded around showing it off because he was proud of his... Uh, he was playing the protector. and Oh, look, this thing was hanging out where the kids are, and I killed it! Yay! Big brave hero kind of thing. And then he dumped the uh, body in a uh, trash can, moved on to something else. Came back later and heard sounds from the trash can. It wasn't actually dead. It had been carrying around that venomous snake, which was wounded, by its neck for 45 minutes or so. So don't mess with them. Yeah, don't mess with them. I admit we used to go up and, and kill rattlesnakes on uh, Pilot Bluff when I was a teenager. We'd get out our old smoke poles, single shots, and go up there, and we used to get we used to get a uh, bounty because they would come in and, and they were real. The, the place was just infested with them. And the local farmer would give us a bounty. I forget what it was. And uh, I don't know. I have no idea whether that was actually legal to do or not. But at the time, we didn't care. So I shot myself several rattlesnakes. Yeah. But he had cattle and he kept having a problem with the, the calves getting bit. So, anywho, yeah, it's not like, you know, snakes are, are uh, t- they can be dangerous, but they're not like, you know, you look at Australia, those guys have serious poisonous snakes. Yeah. Some of those snakes are really, really serious. Now, they're not nearly as bad as the drop bears. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're in Australia and you, and you get hit by a drop bear, you know, oh, those are the worst. They're these big... Horrible, horrible animals. They're just as dangerous of, as jackalopes. Oh, absolutely. More so because jackalopes, <laughs> they, all they can do is stab you. Are you kidding? Jackalopes, they got their teeth and they're like this. And uh, But, you know, you get a drop bear drop on you and they'll, they'll maul you pretty hard. <laughs> now, I've seen stories of people who've been uh, eaten entirely whole by drop bears. <laughs> I'm sure you have seen stories. So, yeah. Uh, now, any snake that bites you, they tend to have uh, problems with bacterial injection when they bite. That's not part of their venom or anything like that, but bacteria on the skin and bacteria in the mouth of the snake can get pushed in through the skin pretty deep when they bite you. So bacterial infection is always a risk when any snake bites you. So you want to watch that if it happens. Cool. So... Basically, don't step on them. <laughs> and don't mess with them, and don't freak out if you see them. And if you are in an area that's known to have a lot of rattlesnakes, wear gaiters and long sleeve, or uh, long pants and gaiters. Yeah, some, when you're walking through the, the grass, you really can't see them in tall grass until you step on them. You also got to watch, giving them a place to live. Uh, they like to live under rocky things. So we've got a big brown snake that likes to live under our container at the place. Which is okay with me. He's, he's welcome to live there as far as I'm concerned. But I don't go walking around through that big tall grass out there without at least reasonably tall boots. I don't really wear gaiters because he's not poisonous. and Right, but if you... I think you, my risk of getting bitten is pretty low. But. If you were out in North Dakota dinosaur hunting, though, you'd wear gaiters. Yeah, because they have a lot more aggressive snakes out there and... They have a lot more venomous snakes out there, and they have a lot more snakes full stop out there. 
So yeah, I would. If I were out there. At the place, I have pants on. I have uh, hiking boots with fairly high tops. Good uh, enough. The place bigger worries are chiggers and ticks. Yeah, that's why I'm really wearing all that stuff. Because we have Poison abundance Ivy. of ticks. And the ticks are way more dangerous to my health and well-being than the snakes are. Because a significant proportion of the ticks will carry tick-borne diseases. Uh, we don't like ticks. It's Heartland around here, isn't it? Uh, we got a few things, but Heartland's the most common one of them, yeah. All right, so there we are. Anything else to say about the sneaky snakes? Yes, uh, well, no? I was just thinking about how you get them when you, if you see one walking up, if you see one, you want to get it to slither off without annoying it too much. Tossing rocks at them is usually good. Getting a big long stick and tickling them with the big long stick. Don't start beating on it because it's going to start thrashing around and may end up nailing you. If you see little ones around, there's probably a whole bunch of little ones around because they are the eggs are laid in big batches. And when they hatch, there tend to be a whole lot of little bitty snakes in the same region. Remember that that time we were on the Katy? We were I do. riding along, and there's a there's a, a bridge, and a snake clutch had just hatched. Man, yeah. there were about a gazillion little baby snakes all Hundreds over of the them. place. Everywhere you went, they were. They're just. Oh yeah, and if you see one that looks like it's dead, because it's coiled up and turned over on its back. Leave it alone. If you go up to a hog-nosed snake, first thing it's going to do is it starts rattling its tail against whatever dry vegetation is around, hoping that you think it's a rattlesnake. And it's colored vaguely like a rattlesnake. So it makes this rattling sound, but it doesn't have a rattle on its tail. It makes it by uh, slapping its tail around in the weeds, hoping you'll think it's a rattlesnake and go away. And then if that doesn't work and you harass it and feels threatened, it'll usually uh, coil itself into a little coil and put its head on the underside of the coil. And then if you mess with it, it rolls over. Oh, look, I'm dead. You might as well leave me be. I'm dead. You take a, a stick and you flip that sucker over. And in about five or ten seconds, he flips himself back and says, no, no, I'm really dead. Flip him over front ways. No, no. See, I'm dead. Like this. And he flips himself over upside down again. Nobody said they were smart. <laughs> I've done that. With a big long stick. The other way snakes will hurt you is horses tend to freak out about them the same way people do. So if you're riding a horse and it sees a snake, it oh, Lord might have decide mercy. to go post Horses them. freak out about butterflies. Some of them do. Oh my gosh, it's a monarch! Ah! Horses are extremely talented about remembering associations. Something scary happened. Right before that scary thing happened, I saw this. Butterfly, I stepped in a hole. Yeah. Butterflies means there's holes. Ah! Yeah. I saw a butterfly, and then a horsefly bit me on the on the butt. Oh, wow. Seeing butterflies hurts in the butt. Oh, yeah, I couldn't horses. make this stuff up. They're not that bright either. But they're no. sweet animals. Except for they're not. And there's the tree down there where I saw my little snake this morning. So I guess that's a sign to wrap it up. All right, we're going to wrap it up. So we'll catch you next time. Watch where you put your feet.